Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Run Hard Running Team podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm excited that you're listening today because I not only have one guest, but I have two guests here to talk about running. So you're going to get something out of it. It is guaranteed. Just remember, Run Hard is so much more than just a running program. We train kids to finish a 5K, but we believe that life is so much more than just about running. So we use running, being a great life teacher that it is, to train them to understand what their potential can be. So we teach them about how to be good teammates, how to show positive peer pressure, not negative peer pressure, how to develop perseverance, and how to make wise choices. All of that is uh, encapsulated within the Run Hard program. So check it out, runhard.org. So today I have, like I mentioned, two guests on today. I have Brady Raffinan. Brady, what's up, man? Hey, what's up, man? How we doing? And I also have Jen Labrand. Jen, welcome back. Thank you. I can't say thank you guys enough for giving us your time and uh, just talking about running a little bit. That's something that I love to do. Now, with having four kids, I may not be able to run as much as I would like or as much as I used to, but I love to talk about running. So, no better people to talk about running than two of the most recent race winners that I know. So, from me to you, congratulations, Brady, and congratulations, Jen, on winning the Snowbird Challenge. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I. Uh, so today, um, I really want to get you guys to unpack that event a little bit because just from what I followed on social media, it really seemed like a cool event in how it was set up and how um, where it was run and how it was run and all that. So I, I, we're going to get you guys to unpack that a little bit. But but first, before we jump into it. I think like collectively as runners, we all like heal from the year 2020 collectively because it was just a rough year for everybody, obviously. But when we just compartmentalize running in and of itself, it was a tough year because we had races canceled. Uh, They were held in limbo. We didn't know if they were going to happen or if they were going to happen, all that kind of stuff. So take all the listeners and Jen, you go first through what 2020 looked like for you from a training perspective and even like a goal race perspective? Were you able to have any goals whatsoever with just the race unknowns? Well, reflection on 2020, I spent a lot of 2020 pregnant. (laughs) So so I couldn't have, you know, a lot. I kind of took it just month by month and then having Wyatt in June, And looking towards the fall, it was really hard to set goals because there really weren't races you could rely on. So I mostly just focused on my endurance and just whatever live races were here or there. But that's kind of where the trail runs come into play. Those seem to be the ones that are most reliant on being sure to go on. Um, So that kind of moved me in the direction of the Snowbird Challenge. But, yeah, it's kind of hard to set goals when there's nothing to rely on. So you just got to kind of set personal goals and you know, try to hit those targets, and that's just kind of in my mindset, and, and still currently, as I really don't have goals, I'm just picking races here and there, and just seeing what happens, honestly. Yeah, no doubt. So now, with uh, having Wyatt in June, are, are you pushing a double stroller? Because I know a lot of people see you out on the race course pushing Wilson a lot, so are, are you racing with uh, a double stroller now? Um, I 
Wilson's pretty much grown out of the double stroller. He wants to run and he wants to jump around. So, yeah, we'll be putting that up for sale yeah. <laughs> if anybody needs one. Yeah. We'll be putting up for sale soon. Wyatt, on the other hand, loves it. But Wilson, he's about he's he's his own runner now. So sure. people need to watch out for him now. He he's wanting to run races on his own. Yeah, good for him. Train him up young. So <laughs> Brady, uh, Jen had a baby in 2020. So dude, what you got? I mean, that's hard to live up to. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't compete with that one. Uh, but no, man, I I, I would say uh, j- just. Being around running so much, I mean, especially with my job, I mean, a lot of times it, it could just get a little monotonous. And I, you know, I got to a point where I wasn't really training a whole lot and, and really running a ton. And uh, just with 2020, I found a lot more time to do it. Uh, so in, in that aspect, I just kind of got back to just the simplicity of it and, and just the joy of it and, and really kind of fell in love with running all over again uh, and really started training again and kind of got to the point where I was looking, okay, like, I'm getting in pretty good shape. What what kind of races can I run? And uh, kind of like Jim was saying, just, you know, the trail races are kind of the ones that were more prominent and, and happening more on a regular basis. Uh, so I actually did kind of the, the summer version of the Snowbird Challenge in, in July. They call that one the Reaper Challenge. Um, so kind of set my eyes on that one and, and did that one. Um, and then, you know, kind of came back and, and did the Snowbird. But, yeah, I would say just most of 2020 was just, you know, just returning kind of to my roots and just enjoying it all over again. And, uh, yeah, just, just ran more than I, I typically do. Just I had a lot more time to do it. And, uh, just, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. So you said you ran the Reaper challenge in July. Is that right, Brady? That's right. Yeah. 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 So he won it. <laughs> so, so yeah. So you just didn't run it. You, you won it. So m- maybe this is your event, man. So does that make you like, Two and O, at this type of event for the marathon distance. Yeah, yeah, I guess uh, you know, just u- unique style of marathoning might might be my thing. I don't know. <laughs> so you're gonna show up in the next event with a big gold belt? You know, I I don't I don't know how that works, but uh, hey, why not? You gonna do it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, cool. So for, to get people to better understand what the Reaper Challenge is and even the Sober Challenge, let's just go uh, and. And talk about that a little bit. Jen talked about how or what made her decide to run the snowboard challenge because of just the um, the unknowns about road races and if they were going to happen and trail racing being more consistent as far as being able to host and and you getting a taste of it in July. Uh, I say a taste of it. You winning the thing in July. Um, so, how did you guys first hear about the snowboard challenge? Yeah, uh, man, honestly, I, I just spend a lot of time just Googling races, and uh, I, I actually know Matthew Hammersmith, the guy who puts on the Upstate Ultras is the name of the, the company that puts on the races, but uh, I've just known him from over the years, and uh, I was able to find the, the Reaper Challenge and, and signed up for that one, and then I just, you know, got an email, found out about the Snowbird Challenge as well, um, but yeah, I would just say spend a lot of time on Google looking for things to do, man. Yeah. Yeah, Jen, how about you? I mean, I kind of heard about it from people that had done the Reaper, like Shawana uh, and Brady had both done the summer version, the Reaper, and they said the setup was so great. Um, I've done a couple Ultras before, but I've never done a setup, obviously, like this one, and just the idea that part of it was paved and part of it was very easy to navigate wood territory made me really interested in doing because I want I like to try to do an Ultra once a year, and I haven't done one 
since like 2019, you know, just with expanding our family. So I thought it was a cool opportunity to, to kind of do a different layout and still get the long distance aspect of it too. Yeah. So Jim, where was the snowboard challenge at and what distances did they offer? Um, it's in Seneca, South Carolina. And, um, so it wasn't just a little bit over a two hour drive when we drove up that morning Brady did too. Um, it's, um, it's just like a two points, 2.6 two mile course. And they offer the 50 K starts first. And then after two laps, the marathoner started and then around lunchtime the half marathoner started and then later in the day the five mile started so they had all they had the full the marathon the half and the five mile um and they just kind of came throughout the day which is pretty nice because then it kind of took your mind off of well, I'm, I don't, i'm not sure i can't speak for brady but it kind of took my mind off of where i was placement wise i was getting kind of confused with where everyone was so you're just kind of running a little bit blindly um, so, I mean, that's kind of cool to take the nerves off of, you know, trying to necessarily win it, but, um, you have runners coming throughout the day. So it's pretty cool. What made you decide to run the 50 K? <laughs> I like a challenge. Um, and honestly, I was getting ready to run Myrtle beach here that it's been postponed, but I thought it'd be a kind of a cool way to get my long run in for Myrtle beach and kind of test my fitness. Um, and I like the distance. Like I said, I only do it like once a year. <laughs> so I thought yeah. it'd be a cool kind of target. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of why I chose 50 cash, like a challenge. So tell people just to clarify how far in mileage is a 50 K we know where the marathon is 26.2. 50 it's K's. a little bit over 31 miles. Okay. Yeah. So 31 plus miles. So just yeah. to recap in 2020, you had a baby in June. And then after that, from June to January, you train, finish, and win a 50K. Did I get that timeline right? Well, she came in the end of July, so oh, I had a little July. bit shorter of a okay. time. Wow, yeah. I actually, hey. yeah. what's funny is I was signed up for a 50K in um, the earlier fall, but I decided not to do it because I didn't think I would be in enough shape, and I, and I actually didn't really train this one distance wise i didn't really get up past 20 miles okay so yeah it was a good challenge <laughs> yeah so brady you didn't choose the 50k right no i i, I just did the uh just the full marathon yeah 26.2 yeah. just did the full marathon not just, but yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so you chose the marathon distance why this race did you have myrtle beach on your radar also no, not not at all. Honestly, uh, I next full marathon I have just a standard marathon would be uh, Richmond, twenty twenty one. I was supposed to do it this past fall, but it got deferred to uh, this year. So, yeah, honestly, I was just kind of looking for something to just to mix it up and and you know always fun hopping in a race and just taking a little break from the training and uh, seeing the training pay off. So, uh, yeah, yeah, mainly just did it just to. I had a lot of fun, like I said, at the Reaper Challenge, and uh, just decided to come back and do it. This one in the in the winter uh, thought it'd be a little bit better, with you know not as hot. So, um, just you know, no no full marathon on the radar, just something to you know have fun and and you know test your limits. That's it. Describe the starting line a little bit, because just from my experience, being on the start line of a marathon race, you know, you have your fast people up front, and then. 
you know, the, the people that plan not to run as fast um, behind them. And that you just stack the, uh, the start line like that. Obviously, with COVID restrictions, they probably had different things in place as well. But when you're at the starting line of the marathon, and again, I'm just speculating here, so correct me where I'm wrong or uh, describe to us a little bit what that starting line looks like. So you see the 50K runners go by twice. So they're going by twice. I'm assuming after they go by one time, they're starting to make a call to the start line. Are you looking around at the start line? Is it everybody a gun start all at one time? Do they have different waves set up? And as you're looking around, are you thinking, hey, I might have a shot at this thing? What was going through your mind at the start line, and how was it set up? Yeah. Uh, is that, that for me or Jen? I, I yeah, we'll start uh, with you, Brady, and then we'll go back to yeah. Jen on that same question. Yeah, no, that works. Uh, yeah, no, it's pretty much everyone starting at once. I mean, it, it was pretty spaced out as far as just kind of lined up by ability, uh, you know, faster runners towards the front. Uh, I, I wouldn't say it ever got too crowded, I, you know, where you felt unsafe or anything like that with, with too many people. Um, but, yeah, honestly, I, I would say for me it, it was kind of hard to tell who was – in what race, uh, just like who was doing the 50K, who was doing the full. Um, so it kind of just started off, and it, I think they had a relay option as well. Um, I'm just start off everyone at once, and you kind of just, I kind of like that, though. You kind of just, you know, focus, not really focus on everyone else, just kind of focus on your own race plan and, and sure. just doing the best you can do. Um, and, and then, you know, as, as the race progressed, I, I think it was a little easier to tell who was doing what and kind of started talking to other runners and, and you know, wondering figuring out what race distance they're doing um but i, I kind of liked having all the different events because you know like i said you're kind of just worried about yourself and uh don't get too caught up in you know you know am i gonna win or am i gonna not or you know whatever just just kind of doing you and I, I like that a lot but yeah jen take um take the listeners through the start line of that 50k and just the mentality is there a, a nervous excitement is there a feeling yeah. of like we're on the start line. We're all crazy because we're running further than a marathon. What's that? What's that start line f- feeling like for fifty k, specifically for this race? I always tell people that when you're in a long race like that, specifically a trail race, it's kind of a different camaraderie because you don't have people that are like shoving each other to get to the front and sprinting off it's kind of like you all you do all know you're crazy and you know you're out there all day so you all know you have to like pace yourself so honestly I mean each time I had a couple of friends I started with and people are just chatting and having a good time I think it's just a lot more low-key and less pressure than a typical road race where you know you're you know you're trying to bust your tail but you know in the woods you have to save the energy so there's not that nervous energy that you have to start fast and you need to be in front of everyone i mean obviously the faster runners you know start off near the front but it is kind of like a big happy family where people are like talking and laughing and each time you know there's you just feel a little bit deeper camaraderie i feel like on the trails because you know you're all crazy like you said yeah Yeah. so uh, nobody's like beating it to get in front of you you know you've got all day to get in front of people so it's just it's just a little bit different mentality than it is on the road race it's a little bit more comfortable to be honest sure now honestly yeah um jen you mentioned the the 50k ran two laps and then the marathon started or brady mentioned it so describe to everyone what that means. So whenever you run a lap, you mentioned it was 2.62. 
after you complete a lap, do you just pass an aid station or pass the start line again and you just continue on? Is there a rest period? What are the what are those laps like? So they sent out before the race the time that each lap would start. So there were 12 laps for the 50K, 10 for the marathon, and then so on. You have 45 minutes to finish 2.62 miles. Whatever you okay. do with the time that's left over is up to you. So some of the time I jog around, some of the time I stretch, drink. Then you go back to the starting line at the next 45 minutes. So it was 45-minute increments. So it was kind of cool because you can see your time on the clock. So I saw each time I was typically hitting 20, 21 minutes and then towards the end, 19 so you you were trying to run your laps consistent, so you would have that break. You'd have a break until the next forty five minutes, okay. and that when everyone would gather again at the starting line. Yeah, what happens after that forty five minutes? Do they uh, is it like a uh, a sag wagon for lack of better terms in a regular road race? Do they say you can't do the next lap if you don't finish in forty five minutes? Yeah, you have to finish in forty five minutes to start the next. Like, and I'm pretty sure. Brady, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure everybody did. Um, yeah, I, I think everyone did. Honestly, yeah. So Brady, uh, knowing that race structure going into the event, what was your race plan? You knew you were going to go ten laps. Did, did you have a, um, a a nutrition plan going in, and then even a plan to stay loose in between laps? Because you've done an event like this before, the Reaper Challenge, like you mentioned. So what was your plan? Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, so I, I was taking, like, nutrition at least every other lap. It's kind of what I got into the rhythm of doing, uh, you know, so whether that's, you know, like a Cliff Bar, Apple, uh, you know, goo, peanut butter jelly sandwich, whatever it may be. I, I was eating something every other lap, um, and then every lap I was drinking, you know, water, Gatorade, uh, you know, what, what, whatever it was. Um, and then a lot of it was just, just kind of hanging around and, and sitting down and, and just relaxing for a little bit. Um, and then, and then generally with about, you know, five, five to 10 minutes before the next lap started, just getting a light jog in, uh, just a minute or two, just kind of wake the legs back up. You've been sitting for a while, uh, just stretch a little bit, like Jim was saying, um, and then, yeah, you're ready to go. But yeah, I, I think the key for me was, you know, eating enough to get the energy and, and, you know, replenish the calories you're burning, but not eating too much where you're feeling full or anything like that. So every other lap worked perfect for me, um. Jim, what's that nutrition plan look like for 50K with this type of structure? I laugh. Mine's a little bit different. Mine's very similar. I relied on goo, and over the years of running a couple of ultras, I found Fig Newtons are really a weird snack that never messes with my stomach. So I usually eat like a Fig Newton after a lap. Um, I have, but around lunchtime, since we started like 9 a.m., more like around 1 p.m., I actually ate a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and and water. And that sounds like that would be awful, but it was actually really helpful. Yeah. Just because our loop started at 9, and our last one was like at 5.15, so like you don't really want to eat a meal, but you have to have some kind of substance. So, yeah, that, that PB&J was pretty clutch in the middle. But, yeah, just like Brady said, you don't want to get too full, so you rely on things that you know you're, that are not going to mess with your stomach. So it takes a lot of practice prior to. You don't ever want to go to an ultra and just bring a bunch of random stuff. You need to make sure it's things that aren't going to mess up your stomach. Sure. Now, 
it d- describe the course a little bit. You mentioned earlier in conversation that it was part trail, part paved, stuff like that. So Brady, you work at Strictly Running. You sell running shoes, and I know there's specific shoes for trail shoes, for road shoes, stuff like that. But this is kind of like a hybrid type course. So where was your plan in the type of shoe you were going to run for this event? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I uh, I just brought a couple pairs of shoes. I rotated throughout throughout the day. Um, no, no specific trail shoe, just just a general like everyday trainer. Uh, it's, it's something that I've you know running every day that I'm comfortable with. Um, you know, I think that's the biggest thing. You're out there all day long running, so want to be in something that you, you know you're used to and, and that you're comfortable with. So I uh, I alternated between a pair of uh, on clouds that I use most of the time, um, and then I also use uses a pair of hokas uh just a lot more cushion compared to a regular shoe just to take some of that impact off my legs so every couple laps i was just rotating shoes uh just kind of depending how my legs felt but um no no specific trail shoe just just mixed it up a little bit jen going into this race were were you certain on a certain type of shoe you were going to run with um I've definitely heard the trick of swapping shoes out, but I've actually never changed them in an ultra. I've always just worn my regular trainers. I have the same. I always end up going back to Mizuno Inspires. You know, I've done the Hoka and I've done racing flats, you know, for different distances, but the only shoe that allows me to literally have very minimal soreness at all are my Inspires. So I just, I mean, I just wear my Mizunos the whole time and I picked kind of a broken in pair for that race that I plan to retire afterwards, but um, I'm definitely not a shoe expert when it comes to ultras because I don't change mine. But um, I uh, I definitely have my Mizuno Inspires on whenever I'm running in the trails or on the road. Sure. So this next question is uh, like specifically from a race director and the mentality that runners have for multi-loop races. So I was the race director for Columbia Marathon. Obviously, Jen, you won that race. And, like, we got creamed. Like, people, like, you have a great half marathon course, but you run the half marathon twice for a marathon. And here you guys are signing up for 12-lap ultra marathons and 10-lap marathons. So describe to me the mentality. Was it harder to do a multi-lap race like this, was it easier? Or if you could have run a race, a point-to-point or a loop for a, a, a marathon or an ultra marathon, was this one easier or harder to do the, this many loops? Well, can I just say that your Columbia Marathon course is hands down, not just because I want it, but I've done that race with the half and i've done the full twice columbia marathon is my favorite i love the two loop concept because you know where everything is sure i I honestly ran that course every sunday not twice but like a time and a half to memorize it but i knew every hill i knew every water stop there's there's more of a way to have spectators along the course i just thought it was phenomenal so going into this one, it's kind of the same mindset. Granted, you're doing it 12 times, but you you begin to know the course like the back of your hand. Sure. There's one really long hill in the woods, and I knew that every single time. And I knew every single time most people around me were walking up that hill, so I booked it up the hill. Sure. But, I mean, you get to know that course like the back of your hand, and I, I definitely think that's an advantage. Brady, was it an advantage for you to, to do the 10-loop uh, the marathon course, or would you much rather prefer just one loop? 
No, I, I honestly agree with Jen on that one. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's just, you know, you, it just becomes like second nature by the end of it. You get a couple laps in, and it, it just takes the guessing out of it. And, then, you know, I'm kind of a creature of habit. So, I mean, every lap you knew what, what to expect, and, you know, you weren't taken by surprise. You know, if there's a crazy uphill you didn't know was coming or anything like that, like, like she was saying, I mean, every loop you knew what to expect. And I think, honestly, you just kind of got into a rhythm. Uh, I mean, it kind of just, you know, clicked off and – went by pretty fast honestly to me yeah we actually saw each other at the same point just about every single loop i would be going on this part where you had two loops left and he would be going on his last and i kind of saw him every time so i could kind of gauge where i was and make sure that i was keeping the same pace and so we basically hit each other every single time at the same spot awesome so um it seems like if you were doing this event recreationally or if you were really going out there with like, hey, I might actually be able to win this thing from a competitive end too, from a spectator point of view, if I was just cheering on my mom or if I was cheering on one of my athletes, it seemed like I would like an event like this because my family has been to races where they've tried to follow me in a marathon. I've tried to follow my wife in the marathon that she did, and it's not an easy task to be in certain spots at certain times and to see your runner this i mean there's no question that you're going to see the person you come to see at least 10 times if they're doing the marathon so did you have a crew that came with you that followed you around or if you were solo did you like seeing more spectators or the same spectators during the race brady start us off with that one yeah, uh, so, so my parents actually came with me. Uh, they were, they're my pit crew for it. Uh, but, no, I, I loved it. So they, they were able to see me uh, a couple of points on each loop. Um, and then in between the laps is really where I found it beneficial, just, you know, someone to hang out with and, and talk to and, uh, you know, just, just hang out with and really broke it up. But, I, I mean, I think seeing someone, you know, at least twice on, especially those later loops when you start to get pretty tired, uh, just – Sure. Kind of lift you up and encourage you a little bit. I mean, I, I found it incredibly beneficial as opposed to, you know, running a course where you're not going to see any someone until, you know, the start and then at the finish line. So, and I, I loved it. I, I thought it was a great format, great course. Yeah. Jen, who did you have with you cheering you on on race day? I actually had a ladies' day. So, my family was not there, unfortunately. Okay. I'm glad Brady took up first. I thought it was awesome. His mom and dad were there. My mom and dad didn't even know I was, I was in the woods. <laughs> I went with my friend Trisha and Annie. Annie is like a beast. Like she had just ran the Harvison 50k and the 25k the next day, so she's like an expert. So I went with them, and it was really helpful having them there because we ran together some of the time. But like when I would finish and watch them finish, it was cool that I was able, you know, to cheer them on and you know talk with with them each time i'm just glad i had you know a group and there were also a couple other people from columbia to talk to so it kind of felt like we weren't too far from home so it was a lot of fun yeah having people there cheering you on especially when the race gets tough or just to ease the nerves a little bit is always an added advantage so jen over the course of the 50k what was your average pace per mile for the entire 50k um, for the entire 50K, I was a little over eight. I think the results say I was a little bit under eight. So my watch is a little wonky in the woods. I would say about like an 808. 
what I found is like when I was on the wood part, I would be around eight. And then once I hit the concrete, I would dip into the seven forties. It's kind of like, I was like, Oh, this is like a track workout. I, sure. I definitely took it faster on the concrete part, but the woods were surprisingly so easy to navigate. Cause I've been in 50 Ks where I have busted my tail like 20 times, but this course was like paved so well, not paved, but it was cleared so well where you really, um, you really didn't have a lot of challenges with roots. So you felt like you could pick it up. So, I mean, I sure. just, I would say I hung around the eight and like I said, on when I got to the concrete, I just picked it up because it was kind of like, ooh, like I'm used to this territory. So what? It, it surprised me a lot because a lot of the times when I try to run on the trails, I'm super slow. But I just felt more comfortable on this course because it was not technical. Yeah, 808 for 31 plus miles, incredible. Brady, what was your uh, pace per mile for the marathon? <laughs> yeah, uh, it was right around 620. Okay. <laughs> Flying. <laughs> Flying. Yeah. So but I, if, if, if you were running that consecutively on a road course, I mean, you're looking at what, 245-ish? Is that right? That's off the top of my head. I could be off. Yeah, but. yeah. No, that's, that's pretty good math, man. Uh, no, and so my uh, overall time just for all the loops was uh, j- just over 241. Holy cow. Incredible. <laughs> so while y'all are running, when – did you realize that you were in the lead and that you could actually win this thing? Was there a moment in the race that you knew that you had a chance? Jen, I'll start with you. Um, so I try to take most of the race with Annie because, like I said, she does so many of them, but I felt good, so I kind of like tore off a little bit towards the latter half. I really didn't know where I was placement-wise, and I didn't think I was going to win necessarily but like halfway through i noticed this girl kind of surging whenever i got near her and i was like this is kind of weird because i wasn't really going in like i'm gonna win this mentality but like once she did that i kind of kept tabs on her every single lap and i had planned to run the last lap with my friends and we started it and i saw that girl i was like no i i gotta be in front of her i just mentally have to be in front of her and then i found out later i beat her by 17 seconds holy cow <laughs> so that's <laughs> so that was kind of like I don't know, like a crazy thing that happened, a divine intervention. I don't know what you call it, but I heard just surging earlier in the race kind of set the tone with her being my target and then eventually beating her by 17 seconds. I felt a little bit guilty, but then I, I felt a little bit good about it. Sure, sure. Brady, how about you? Yeah, so I, I, I would say uh, I felt pretty good about it early on. Uh, so the first five laps – of my race were just the 50 can the, and the full marathon. Um, and I, I was winning each of those laps by, by quite a bit. Um, and then after the fifth lap, half marathon kind of mixed in. So I, I had some, some guys that, you know, with some fresh legs to kind of push me and, and, you know, carry me through. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I never really thought about it too much, but I mean, early on, I mean, there was, you know, no, no one really like super close to me. Um, so then I felt pretty good about it, but, so when you cross the finish line, is there a tape? Do they know then if you won? Just, be, again, because of the setup, I'm assuming they don't. So how does that finish happen? Yeah. Uh, no, no, so they, they just time each individual loop. Uh, and then, you know, they don't know right away. I mean, I'm sure they have, like, an idea uh, just because they've been out there all day watching it. But, uh, no, it, it took a little bit of time just to get all the final results, wait for everyone to cross. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, each, each, it, I thought it was pretty cool. Just each individual loop is almost like you get that feeling across from the finish line. I mean, you, you go through the finish line shoot and you know, your, your time pops up, you got the clock to look at every single time you each loop you run. Um, so I, I mean, I, I really enjoyed that. Just, you kind of get that like euphoric feeling across from the finish line 10 times. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, it definitely took a little bit of time to sort everything out, but it, it was pretty quick as far as like the award ceremony, and everything like that. Yeah. yeah. So, Jen, tell me the moment that you were actually announced or that you found out that you officially won the race. What was that moment like? I was a little bit distracted by some refreshments I had. But, <laughs> um, I, I was pleasantly surprised because when he went to announce that I won, he said that the first and second were within 17 seconds. So I was kind of interested to see what the other person was. But she was, she was great, and she cheers it. So it was I was, a real, I was kind of a feeling of shock because I'm, I've never won a 50K. I never imagined I'd win a 50K. So um, it's kind of a cool milestone to have, you know, after having a baby not long ago. So it was, it was a pretty good feeling. Sure. Brady, what was that moment like when they say they said, Brady, you won the marathon? Yeah, no, it was awesome, man. Uh, just, you know, you're out, you're out there all day long running. I mean, photo I, I was out there for like seven hours all in all uh so i mean you, you really just get to see you know the, the whole day the, the hard work pay off so i mean it, it was very rewarding uh you know great feeling so which was tougher brady the reaper challenge or the snowbird challenge <laughs> oh man i i say the reaper challenge 100 percent uh just obviously the heat i mean it was 95 degrees the, the reaper starts at 12 30 in the afternoon or, or something like that noon uh so i mean you're just in the middle of the heat all day long uh and kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier i just i'd never really done an event like that where you're out there all day so i i really didn't have my nutrition nailed down as well uh so, so I, I really started to crash a good bit um in, in the reaper challenges those later you know last three or four laps i was just exhausted man but uh you know definitely a lot cooler this time and and you know i kind of knew what to expect i knew the course uh, same exact course and everything, and I, you know, had a much better idea of what to do for nutrition. Um, so yeah, this one, the Drifter is what I was called like the trial run. This one I nailed down a little better, but uh, this one was a lot smoother, I'd say. Yeah. Well, I mean, congrats to both of you. I know it's a big deal. Um, just winning a race of that magnitude, 50k marathon. Anytime you win a race, 5k doesn't matter. One mile, it's always a big deal to win. Um, and so uh, congrats again to both of you. So now that the uh, the Snowboard Challenge is over, Jen, do you have a race on your calendar? Like, what's up next for you? Um, it had been Myrtle Beach, and it's rescheduled for May. And I honestly, I've learned that I cannot run marathons when it is extremely hot out. I've had a couple of marathons that were 80 degrees and above, and it's just too hot. Yeah. So yeah. I'm going to do it virtually. Um just so I can kind of see where I am and then make a goal for the fall. But actual in-person racing-wise, Jordan and I are doing the Green Valley 10-miler up near um, Greenville this next weekend for Valentine's weekend. And then there's some new 5Ks that Strictly's got going on. So that'll that'll be it for right now um, until I can find something longer, I guess, in the fall. Sure. Brady, how about you? What's up next for you? Yeah, I got I'm actually on a jam to jam team relay team with uh with actually Jordan and a couple other guys. Uh, we'll have that February 20th. Um, and then after that, I 
Got another uh, fun style race planned in April. Uh, with same company, Upstate Ultras, putting on in the Upstate. Uh, this one's called it's the Country Mile is the name of the race. It's it's April 9th and tenth. Uh, but the the specific race I'm doing at that event is called the Last Outlaw. So it's a uh, 5K loop that leaves every 45 minutes. Very very similar to Snowbird that we just did, um, but it lasts for 48 hours. And the the goal is to see who can do the most 5k loops just it's, it's an elimination style race so uh you, you can you know drop out any time but uh it's kind of like the last man standing type thing so uh yeah never really done anything like that we'll see how it goes right on man well we'll see you definitely at the damn to damn race uh yeah I, I think you guys unseated us as the number one seed i guess when you submitted your pace per mile at like five minutes and 20 seconds we had to we had to concede and say we're not that fast. Uh, I'm exaggerating on the pace per mile, but I do know it's faster than than what we submitted. So um, so yeah, we'll see you then. So just don't pass me, okay? And, and like talk to me as you pass me because I'm running as fast as I can, and I know that's usually just a shot to the gut. Whenever I can't breathe, but you can breathe well enough to talk to me as you pass me. So, so yeah, you guys won last year, right? The defending champs. Well, yeah, times two. So we've never lost. So, yeah, yeah. So bring your A game because all we got is Xander Jeffcoat. So I texted him the other day, and I'm saying, okay, man, be prepared to run eight legs. So um, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah, no, he, he texted me uh, or he messaged me on Facebook last week and was like, man, do you know anything about this team? Uh, that's the number one seed. I was like, nah, I never heard of him, man. I don't know. Oh, man, you laying low. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I heard that. the radar, man. <laughs> hey, hey, man, I was even uh, prodding the, uh, the race director. I'm like, man, how fast are these guys? And he's like, they're really fast. They're going to win. So I'm like, oh, Lord, I haven't been able to sleep since. So thanks a lot, Brady. I'm just joking. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I can't wait, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, should be a good time. So – let me guess, last question, and just to honor y'all's time, because I do appreciate it. So with, with Run Hard, obviously, we train younger kids just to, uh, we want to introduce them to the sport of running, and our hopes is that when we introduce them to the sport of running, that it will um, start something inside them that would make them want to pursue the sport. For some people... They may get introduced to it and be like, nah, running's not for me, you know. But some people, they can say, man, I, I really can find something in this sport. So what advice would you give to someone who is young and just starting out or not just young, but maybe even starting a new season of their life to become more active? Jen, I'll start with you on the advice and let Brady think about it a little bit um i think the, the best advice i can give is just that running is such an individual sport i mean you can have camaraderie with everyone around you but individually it's such a good personal growth sport you can make your own goals and you can compete against yourself and just take it day by day just make small goals and work towards them but it's a great opportunity to work on goal setting and to focus on yourself and what you want to be while encouraging everyone around you. But it's just a, such a great way to personally challenge yourself 
to, to improve and just set goals and just go further and further with those goals. But start small and then you'll end big. That's, that's just the beautiful thing about running. Sure. Sure. Brady, how about you, man? Yeah, no, see, I, I think she took a lot of the words out of my mouth, honestly. I mean, that, that's a lot of the same thing I was going to say. It's just, I mean, I, I think that's the beauty of it is, uh, you know, you still have that camaraderie of it, uh, you know, whether that's, you know, on a run hard team or on a high school team, college team, whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's such an individual sport. Uh, and, and, you know, it's just you out there um, and, and, you know, pushing yourself as, as far as you want to go. I'm, I'm a firm believer is, you can be as good as you want to be at it, uh, you know, if you if you put the time in. Um, but, you know, I, w- I would just say just stick with it. And, and you know, it's not always going to be super easy. I mean, it's, it's not the most glamorous sport, uh, you know, but if you stick with it and, and you know, just keep pushing, um, I mean, it, it's definitely worth it. Um, and, you know, you, you will reach your goals if you keep working hard. Um, and the ball is fully in your court. You, you know, you're not on a team where – you have to rely on other people to do their job. I mean, it's it's really just you out there logging the miles. Um, so, I mean, it, I think it's super rewarding. So, you know, I, my advice would just be, you know, keep working hard and, you know, never get too high or, or too low on it and, and, you know, just keep going forward. Great words. So, words of wisdom from marathon winners, ultra marathon winners. So, take heed to what they say. Brady, Jen, I again appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on and talking with us. And uh, I hope you do well in your upcoming races, except for the damn to damn Brady. All other ones, I, I wish you much success. And uh, hopefully, we'll have y'all on here again soon. And you can tell us about all the other races you've won. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, man. Th- thanks for having us. I enjoyed it. And. Uh, yeah. Yeah, We'll see you at the Dam of Dam. I'm looking forward to it. You bet. See you guys. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you soon. Always remember, run hard. See ya.